Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell. I want to thank all of you who are listening in to the podcast. And uh, Tracy Reynolds and I love the opportunity to have conversations with each other and with our friends and that we are able to meet with and talk to. And we want to just say thank you to all of you who are listening and who tell others about this. And, and we hope we bring uh, just words and stories of encouragement to each of you. And, and we want to thank you for what you're doing, um, whoever you are, whatever your role, your responsibility. Thank you for making a difference and uh, taking those steps that are needed um, and to take those right steps, to take them the right way with the right attitude and then learn from some of the trips and the falls in the past that we've all experienced and and learn ways to make our, mex- our next steps, our best steps. Um, Tracy, uh, I'm excited about our conversation with a, with a friend today. Absolutely. I just want to uh, echo your thoughts for a second. If, listen, thank you for passing along next step leadership to your friends and if you haven't you know just clicked on the subscribe button that really helps us but we just want to add value to your lives and today we're going to do that we're we're starting uh what i consider to be a series of of talking with people that have struggled with different kinds of challenges and some of late and our guest today is our dear friend bishop tim lamb He's been in ministry for 35, 40 years in the pastoral sense and church planting, but he's currently the bishop or the superintendent of Life Point Ministries here in Georgia. And actually, he's our bishop, and we're so pleased to have you with us. It's an honor to have you with us. Uh, he's served in ministry, as I said, for, for 35, 40 years. He's, uh, currently, he serves on the Manual College Board of Trustees, the Falcons Children Board, Falcons Children's Home Board, the Council of Bishops. Um, he has a capacity to love people, impart wisdom, and serve um, with humility like few other men I've ever known. I know he prays for us. I know that I feel loved and supported, and it is an honor to have you with us, Tim. It's an honor to be here. Uh, Pastor Tracy, thank you, and Pastor Chris for this opportunity. Uh, my, I enjoy these podcasts. You guys do a great job, and uh uh, just enjoy. Thank you for, for sharing these things with us. Well, it's our privilege. So one of the things we want to do today is is just tell us a bit of your story. Uh, for those maybe who, who are not familiar with you yet, we want them to, and in just a few minutes for them to say, well, wow, I understand that. Well, I can relate to that. So tell us a bit of how you uh, came up and, and some of the highlights of that. Uh, yes, Pastor Tracy. You know, one of the things that um, I've heard some of the other people that spoke for you guys on this uh, next steps, and uh, uh, and just I'm one of those guys too that uh, is a preacher's kid, mm-hmm. uh, PK. And uh, my dad was a pastor for a number of years. Uh, you know, growing up back in the day, uh, kids dress up a lot, and I dress up. I enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. And so quite often, people in the church would say, you're going to be a pastor when you grow up. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to hear that, to be honest with you. I didn't mind being a pastor. I didn't want to be called by people. I wanted to make sure that I was called by God. And um, so about the age of 14, I was sitting on the back pew one Sunday, 
and uh, felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. Not sure what was happening that day in the service, but the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, you're going to be a pastor. <laughs> and uh, I had a real terrible speech impediment growing up, even at that point in my life as a um, teenager, 14-year-old. And uh, even to the point that there was times I was actually embarrassed in school and when the teacher would say, you need to read this. And I would read it and they would say, no, you didn't pronounce that correctly. You need to pronounce it this way. And uh, shamefully, I, there was times that I was so embarrassed that I just laid my head on the desk and, and, and cried to myself. Mm. Um, so when the Lord said, you're going to be a pastor, uh, and I tell people I was called to be a pastor before I was called to preach. But mm. uh, I love that. Uh, yeah. I don't know any pastor that doesn't how to preach, so that's part of it. But uh, I said to the Lord, I said, be, be careful what you promised the Lord, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but in the 70s, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you heal my speech, I can't talk plain, but if you heal my speech, I'll tell the world. And that was before the Internet. That was before podcasts. That was before uh, even thought about going around the world, different places to preach. And um, so the Lord did. He healed my speech, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to keep that promise and tell the world about what the Lord did for me. So uh, at the age of 14, I, I began to feel that call. I didn't really accept a call till 19 uh, in a church service um, one Sunday night. Couldn't hold it back any longer, and I asked the pastor, could I say something? And uh, he gave me that permission. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I stood up and said, you know, I feel the call to preach. And uh, back in that day, if you said that you were called to preach in some of the smaller churches that I grew up in, uh, then they're going to have you preaching the next Sunday night. So that's what (laughs) happened. He announced that night. He said, well, Tim will be preaching next Sunday night then. And uh, so I've been preaching since the age of 19, pastored, as you said, for total 34 years, and I've been serving in this uh, capacity for the last eight years, and uh, what a joy to serve the Lord. Mm, absolutely. But, you, you made a statement that I've just got to go back, and you said there's a difference between, you were called to pastor before you were called to preach. Could you tell us the difference there? What's Yeah, so, so I think that there's always been a love in my heart for people, mm. and I tell people, if you can love people, uh, the way God intends for you to love people, you can pastor people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pastoring people, loving people is not a challenge for me. Uh, preaching is sometimes is a challenge for me. And uh, so in that, I just, I, I know my calling. There's no doubt in my heart that that's my calling. And uh, preaching goes along with it. And I enjoy preaching. And uh, in fact, I love to preach, but uh, like most ministers, but but I love to be a pastor more than I love to preach. And I love hearing this. And this is oh. so good to hear because, uh, and this will not surprise either of you, you all both know me pretty well, but um, much of the emphasis today is on more on the preaching side, the leadership side, and mm. less emphasis or less training on the pastoral care side. Mm. And uh, Tim will talk more about this, but you are in your role as a superintendent in the conference that I'm a part of, and I work with you on the leadership team, you are pastoring us as you lead us. You are leading us with a shepherd's heart. You're a great businessman, by the way. You make great business decisions, but you're doing that with a with a caring pastoral heart. And I love hearing this part of the story. Isn't that good, Tracy? Oh, I Just do too. Listening you to know, him 
say this to us. And I read off the same sheet of music, brother. I enjoy speaking, but I've told my students for years, I said, you know, I'm not the smartest guy you'll ever meet, but I care. Yeah. I care. And I think at the heart, and, and I really believe that this whole life experience that God has us on on planet Earth is about learning to love well. Mm-hmm. Learning to love well. And that's what pastors do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, take it from there uh, to where you are now. Yeah. So, so like you said, Pastor Chris, one of the uh, uh, responsibilities in serving as a conference superintendent, by the way, uh, when I first became a conference superintendent about eight years ago, uh, and because I, I'm constantly talking to people, if it's at uh, you know some of the local places of trade and so forth, and uh, and so we get around to church eventually, and they'll say, "Well, what do you do?" And I'll say, "Well, I'm a minister." And then they'll say, "Well, do you pastor?" You know, some reason a lot of people think if you're a minister, you ought to pastor a church. And uh, I'll try to explain to them that I'm not a pastor, that I work with a network of ministers and churches. And so conference superintendent is foreign uh, language to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I I try to stray away from that. But uh, as Pastor Chris mentioned, you know, we are, we serve as a pastor to pastors. So even on the way here this morning, I had probably a 30 or 40 minute conversation with a pastor uh, that um, just needed a talk and needed to share with me about his day yesterday. Mm. And uh, so, again, just being a pastor to pastors. And I love that. That's what, that's what keeps me going. Mm. And uh, so I thank God for that calling. Absolutely. What did you love most about pastoring? Because you've had a couple of long tenures in very in churches that did well that 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 grew under your tutelage. Uh, so, what did you enjoy most about that, Bishop? Uh, yes. Well, I was at one church fourteen years, and the other church twenty years. Yeah. And the last few years of that last church, we took on a small church as a campus church as well, about three hours away from our main campus. Uh, again, just to help that small church. So, what do I love about pastoring? I love people to the point that. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed doing as a pastor was going, and I know it sounds kind of strange, but going to the hospitals Hmm. and visiting. And uh, again, I'm dating myself a little bit when I tell you this, but uh, in Carrollton, actually, I could go to the hospital. They would hand me a sheet of paper with everybody in the hospital, and I could look at that sheet and decide who I wanted to go see. Hmm. And if they had any connection with anybody that I knew personally, I would go see them. So I became a pastor to the community mm-hmm. more than I really was a pastor to that local church. I served my local church, and I felt like I served it well according to God's will. But I did a lot of funerals, and I had a lot of contacts with a lot of people in the community because I loved to visit and pray with people and to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, we believe that leadership is influence. And that's what we're talking about. Influence is garnered by serving people, seeing a need and, mm-hmm. and meeting a need. And I love that that's exactly how you built that. Was, it wasn't thinking leadership. You're thinking, mm-hmm. no, here's a need. Here's somebody mm-hmm. I care for. How can I just be there for them in this particular moment? That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, you know, last year was not an easy year for you. I want you to take time now to talk to us about some of the difficulties that you faced in uh, an unpleasant surprise, but God was with you even in that difficult moment. Uh, yes, Pastor Chris. You know, 
I've always prided myself on the fact that I felt that I was pretty healthy. And uh, if I had to go to the doctor for anything and they said, are you on any medicines? I was able to say, no, I'm not on anything. And, you know, if you had any surgeries, nothing major, you know, so forth. And um, three months ago yesterday, I had a heart attack. Now, I call it a massive heart attack, but you know how that goes. If somebody else has surgery, it might be minor, but if you're having it, it's major. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it was a massive, it was a major heart attack in my home. I began to hurt my chest and my arms and uh, had all the symptoms of a heart attack. Began to break out in a sweat, told my wife to call the ambulance. She did. And what they seen, the tests they did, uh, they took me straight to a major hospital that could help me there with my heart problem. And uh, about 45, 50 minutes from my home. Uh, long story short, they actually had me on the heart cath table, and they tell me that I was still having the heart attack. And uh, again, never had any problems, never had any signs that I paid attention to. Let me put it that way. And um, so it was just shocked, like you said. And so it's it's changed my lifestyle a little bit. I've had to. Uh, I think the word that really sticks out in my heart is the word balance. I've had to find balance and what I do in the last three months. So it's been a learning experience. And that's not easy for you. No. I know no. you will, and that's not easy. No. Yeah, you know, because I've always been one. I took, I took a lot of pride, and even when I went to the hospital, you know, let's get in, get out, quit, you know, those sorts of things. And and uh, so I've always been on the run. I've heard a few people tell me that I had one speed, and that was fast. And so... <laughs> So I've had to learn to find balance in that. Yeah. Well, what are some other lessons you learned from that, um, from a heart attack and from trying to find your own equilibrium uh, that you can pass on to Tracy, to me, and to those who are listening? Yeah. So about three weeks prior to the heart attack, and I really didn't realize it until about a month after the heart attack, But about three weeks prior to the heart attack, the Lord one morning in my devotional began to speak to my heart about Exodus 18, where Moses is doing all of this work from morning to even. I won't preach the message, but you guys know the story. And Jethro, his father-in-law, comes to him and in so many words. I like the New Living Translation in that. But he tells them, what are you trying to accomplish with all of these people, these men sitting around from night to morning to night? What you're trying to accomplish. In fact, Jethro said to him in so many words, he said, what you are doing is not good. The, the load that you're carrying is too heavy. So three weeks prior to my heart attack, I felt the Lord began to speak to my heart about the importance of focusing on teamwork. And uh, about a month after the heart attack, I was flipping through some notes and seen that and said, yeah, I think the Lord was trying to get my attention three weeks before my heart attack. And so one of the lessons I've learned not only is balance, but also being able to delegate. And uh, some of you guys has been involved in helping me uh, carry some of the burden. And uh, so I've learned that important lesson that I can't do this by myself. Right. I need a team. Mm-hmm. I had somebody in my church yesterday say, "You know, Pastor, you 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 can't do you shouldn't do everything." And I said, you're absolutely right. And can I tell you a couple of things? I'm not going to do everything because I can't do everything. I said, our job is to empower you to do the work of ministry. But what a wake-up call. 
Um, that came out of nowhere. I mean, if you're looking, you're a very healthy man, and I know you're, you're health conscious, and I would have said that you were already walking in a certain amount of balance, or it seemed to. I know you're, that we're driven, uh, hardworking, hard driving. As you said, I want top speed. I don't think those are bad things. I think those are very good things. But when is too much too much? Yeah, so so I think that it goes back to, you know, one of the struggles I had during this uh, heart attack and afterwards uh, is the recovery. Mm. And part of that is going to physical therapy or cardio rehab. And, uh, again, I've never been before. You know, I, I thought that was for people older than I. <laughs> and uh, so I go that first day to rehab and uh, this is certainly not a critical statement, but uh, I get home and I tell my wife, I said, this is one of the most depressing places I've ever been. I, I will not go back. And uh, she said, why? And I said, because there's just old people there. And she said, what, you, what do you think you are? You know, so, <laughs> uh, so, so I have continued the rehab as I've been instructed to do. And, uh, but, but, there, doing the rehab, one of the things God spoke to my heart, he said, you've got to work on your body, your soul, and your mind. Mm. And uh, so when I'm there doing rehab and struggling a little bit, you know, and thinking, I don't need to be here, the Lord reminds me, you've got to work on your body. Mm. And uh, so, it, Pastor Tracy, it goes back to just taking care of yourselves. And if I had advice mm. for any minister, young or older, middle-aged it would be take care of yourself physically. Enough is enough sometimes when you have to back up and say, okay, I do need to spend that time walking in the morning, or I do need to spend mm-hmm. that time doing the exercise, and, and uh, a lot of different things entail with that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been interesting from my perspective to watch you walk through this uh, because we've developed such a great relationship and a working relationship, and we team well together. And I can remember one of our recent meetings and we had you leave the room, and that was love. Mm-hmm. And we wanted you to leave the room so we could gossip about you <laughs> without you in the room with us. But when we brought you back in the room, we were trying to help you find your own equilibrium. Right. What can we do to help you? Mm-hmm. How can we make sure you remember Sabbath, mm-hmm. that you find times and ways to rest and the importance of self-care, um, not criticizing you at all, but supporting you and saying, right. we're here to help you. And, and Bishop, we're willing to do that because we, we love you. And I think the people listening to you today and hearing your story, um, me included, and Tracy included, we need to remember that ourselves. Right. We need to take time uh, to do that. We're going to have you on also for the next episode, and we want to hear more of your stories and just kind of guidelines and suggestions of pastoring in these days of uncertainty yeah. and how to, how to lead well with a servant's heart. Uh, so thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you. We look forward to the next one, and we're all just, uh, with, with our struggles, with our limps and our uncertainty, we're trying to find ways to make sure that our next steps are our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. 
Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.